quite honestly, all the pharmacies programs now are trained to create employees that come out and work for some other entity. For uh, the few select folks like myself out there who have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit, this type of a network and system of working and handholding is very important because it gives us, you know, that shared confidence to be able to go out there and understand what needs to be done and how it needs to be done to get our names out there, build our networks, and to honestly provide even a greater situation for optimizing the level of care we can provide our patients. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello, everybody. This is Bruce Neeland with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, Ken Tai, who is, I guess the best word I can come up for Ken is a renaissance man. He owns pharmacies, a couple pharmacy-related businesses, and is involved in a number of major initiatives in the industry. Ken, take a second and Give us some of the specific names of of the companies you own and tell us where you went to school and just a couple of those kinds of things about your operation in Southern California. Well, thank you very much, Bruce. I mean, first and foremost, thank you for having me here. This is a pretty great opportunity um, to, to speak with you and, of course, your, your audience at large. Um, very quickly, I, I'm a pharmacist, uh, obviously by trade. I, I graduated from uh, the University of Southern California, um, USC, um, in 2002, did a residency in the community practice, and uh, quite frankly, I have been on the path of independent ownership since that time. Um, currently, I have my own pharmacy franchise. We have about 18 locations in Southern California, um, Nevada, and Texas. Um, you mentioned a little bit about other sort of opportunities and business that I'm involved with that are pharmacy related. We also have our own GPO group called KB Pharmacy Associates. Um, and of course, uh, um, I am also the current immediate past president of the California Pharmacists Association. So, wow, Ken, that is impressive. And and like I said to my listeners, you are a remarkable guy and, and a remarkable leader. Uh, I'm interested in the Western Pharmacy Exchange, which is the meeting that the California Pharmacists Association had, a, a live in-person meeting in uh, Palm Springs uh, early in June. Tell us just a little bit about what happened there and did you rotate off as president at that meeting or did that happen at one at a different time? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I actually uh, uh, actually am the immediate past president as of last uh, September. 
So um, my term as a media past president will be uh, concluding very soon in the next three months. Uh, believe it or not, it's been you know uh, almost uh, quite frankly uh, almost a year now or nine months um, since I officially uh, stepped down as the president. So um, definitely bittersweet um, to know that my term is about to come to an end on the board of trustees at the California Pharmacists Association. Um, but going back to the uh, Western Pharmacy Exchange in which uh, we just uh, had our conference this past weekend, um, it was awesome. I mean, I, I wish you were there, Bruce, because um, quite frankly, I don't think it's just one of the first venues uh, for our profession per se, but definitely I think in, in total. I mean, I just don't think that there's been a lot of live conferences whatsoever. And um, this one happened to, uh, we kind of took a gamble there as an association thinking that, hey, around mid-June to, uh, you know, maybe towards the end of June, um, that, you know, California should be open back up and that uh, we're going to proceed and move forward with this conference, even though I think there was a, a lot of doubts and question marks as to when uh, California or any state for that matter will be officially opened. Um, and I think our gamble paid off. Um, it, it was a met with a huge amount of interest. I think we all really uh, just enjoyed each other's presence and the fact that we were in a uh, professional yet extremely um, social environment. Um, and and you know, I think we all missed it quite a bit, Bruce. And I really wish you had a chance to be out there to join us. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. And, and uh, I think we can count on next year. So, um rotating off number one is thank you for your service and and the little plug that i'll put in here is every pharmacist i don't care what your practice setting is should belong to their state pharmacy association that's where the rubber meets the road for your practice and in, in in your state and then i would suggest that they ought to belong to one of the national groups of their choice that fits their practice setting so thank you for the service there so for the western pharmacy exchange ken where is it next year yeah i mean i'm glad you asked that question because um you know we're very excited we're actually you know going to uh be true to our you know quote unquote western pharmacy exchange where it's actually a more of a regional meeting we're going to host it actually in las vegas um uh very excited for that um on april 22nd to the 24th so please save the date and uh, hopefully you can make it along with a few of your um audience members out there because it'll be exciting and we're, we're very we're very much looking forward to this great event well, thank you, and I think you can count on me. So let's get to the nub. You, When we chatted ahead of time, you wanted to say a few things about PBMs and some progress that's being made in California. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm extremely excited about some of the progress we've made. As a matter of fact, uh, information is coming down the pipeline literally every other day that uh, that I, uh, I'm uh, from my VPs of the professional affairs out of CPHA. And uh, we're basically having two main legislative bills that are being forwarded right now. And one uh, concerns uh, the patient steering situation where, um, you know, unfortunately, some patients are not provided the ability to select um, which uh, pharmacies that uh, they would like to, you know, honestly get their medications from. And I feel that uh, that's definitely a huge disservice um, to the healthcare system as well as our patients, especially in California, where it's extremely, you have a very variety of uh, patient population and their specific needs um, that include language barriers and the ability to, to be close enough to a particular locality where you're comfortable with. And I think that uh, these patient steering bills, which uh, allows patients free access to whichever pharmacy that they want without the uh, potential unfair uh, copay uh, uh, differences is huge. And so um, that's one of our bills. Um, 
um, other bills that we have in the pipeline um, obviously um, in, in involve uh, putting uh, PBMs in a situation where there's a greater level of uh, oversight and regulation so that they can um, continue to do what they do. I think they do serve a great purpose in terms of um, what they can do for our healthcare uh, system as well as our patients. And a lot of our members actually, uh, you know, work in the PBM system, but we do feel that there's certain areas that need to be tweaked a little bit um, and, and uh, you know, quite frankly, um, overseen a little bit more um, so that uh, there is greater patient access. And so these are the areas that I think is very promising, especially after the uh, PCMA and Rutledge case that we uh, recently um, had a, a very positive win on. And not just California, by the way, Bruce, um, this is happening throughout the whole country. And uh, it's a, to me, it's a movement um, in terms of uh, bringing more transparency to our system, um, saving money to system, and more, most importantly, giving more access to the patients that we work with every day. Well, and, you know, the, the, the tide has turned on that. I, I still think we've got three avenues we need to pursue. We've got to do the legislative stuff. There's more going on and more victories in terms of just lawsuits now. But the practical matter I want to turn to for a minute, you own, you own a pharmacy or two. How many pharmacies do you actually have ownership in? Well, um, I actually have ownership or, or have partners uh, in about 18 different locations uh, within our franchise. And um, like I alluded earlier, they're, they're you know, scattered throughout Southern California, which is obviously where I, I currently reside and um, also in Nevada, as well as in the uh, great state of Texas. Well, Ed, the, the point I guess I want to get to is at the day to day today level, uh, there's obviously some things we can do to generate income that has nothing to do with uh, third-party reimbursement. Are there a couple management things you're doing, a couple marketing things you're doing, a couple product sales initiatives you're doing? C can you share with us a couple examples of what you're doing in your pharmacies to generate revenue? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously feel that um, there's so many different channels that um, you can, you know, generate revenue. But of course, the I'm going to be very upfront. Um, the core business is still serving patients, right? And then that doesn't change. Now, what is the vehicle in which we can use um, to, you know, and ensure that we get properly paid for what we do is sort of uh, the discussion, right? That's being had, and um, we do have, for example, right now, um, a great deal of. of uh, time spent on areas including vaccinations obviously um there's been a huge move, movement uh, one of our sites as a matter of fact is one of the largest vaccinating independent pharmacies um in the state uh where we're vaccinated somewhere you know close to uh, 800 to uh i think our record was 1500 uh, patients uh you know for for the covid um we have uh sites right now and, and that uh, is having pilots of patient patient care systems where uh, we have an actual fellow, uh, not, not a resident, but a fellow second-year resident that comes in for the community practice, uh, working with the University of Southern California um, to provide very synchronized care between the actual uh, direct provider, um, uh, which is a, a provider uh, very close to our practice in the pharmacy. Um, and this is actually being piloted in the, the city of Rosemead in California in which uh, they actually rotate between the, the, the pharmacists, rotating between the clinic as well as the pharmacy. And um, we're able to provide direct patient care. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, especially with the, um, all the latest, greatest things that are happening with pharmacists being designated advanced uh, practice pharmacists. 
let me stop to ask a question about that because that is phenomenal. I hear a little bit about it. So the pharmacist is your employee or one of your partners, but they're actually working in a physician's office and, and involved in, in the patient care process there. Is that is that what's happening? Yes, as a matter of fact, and this is awesome. I'm very excited to talk a little bit about this because um, this is a joint venture that we've, we've uh, sort of worked with with the University of Southern California, and they are actually a, uh, well, they're a resident, um, so it's a, a fellow, actually, a second-year resident, which is a fellow um, that uh, works with both the school and, of course, the clinic and, and our pharmacy. And uh, they're literally there uh, working in an independent clinic uh, with a, a specialist rheumatologist, and um, they round every day, see patients every day, um, basically uh, serve as a very integral team member uh, with a, a nurse, a PA, and a physician, um, and basically see patients all day long and, and sort of work as interchangeable parts uh, within that particular system. And then um, also uh, have a clinic uh, within our pharmacy where they come back and then, of course, uh, then uh, serve as a triage so that there's an integrated sort of care uh, system um, in the independent setting, which is unusual. You see that a little bit more in the AmCare setting or maybe even the hospital setting, um, but to see this type of integration in the private practice is, is pretty awesome. Hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. This episode of the Pharmacy Crossroads is made possible by a grant from the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance Cooperative, commonly referred to as CPA. CPA invites you to plan ahead and register soon for the upcoming NCPA annual conference being held in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 9th through the 12th. CPA will be exhibiting at this important industry event. While you are there, they invite you to visit them in their booth and find out why more than 2,000 pharmacy locations have selected CPA to be their premier business partner. Not coming to the show? Then check them out online at www.compliantrx.com or contact them via email at sales at compliantrx.com. Now, back to our guest. So, yeah, you're, I mean, huge number of vaccinations, uh, cutting edge stuff like this. When we chatted, you mentioned about your uh, GPO, K&B Associates, and that was a little different model than what I had had anybody else explain to me before. I mean, what? tell us a little bit about K&B Associates, not a commercial, but a little bit about your philosophy and how you're contracting with providers and and how you're helping pharmacists run a more effective business. Yeah, and K&B started about 10 years ago, and it's a very interesting model because, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, if, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate to have a certain level of success operating our, our own pharmacies. And a lot of colleagues came about and said, hey, you know, can I, I you know, we obviously I run my own pharmacy independently, but, you know, I'd love to, to maybe share some ideas to see how you're able to do certain things. And um, who knows, right? There's also opportunity for us to maybe learn as well from our fellow colleagues. So we formed this uh, group purchasing organization to leverage some of that knowledge and also some of that clout and buying power. And uh, I think that's how can be started. And now uh, we're not just in California, but in I think 13 to 14 different states um, in which we're able to work very closely with independent pharmacies, um, not only to get them better contracts, of course, but also to share knowledge base. You know, what if um, there's an opportunity for you to do a little bit of long-term care? You know, how do you deal with the bubble packing, to deal with the facilities, to talk to the patients? Um, you know, how do you print reports? And this is something that otherwise you probably would have said as an independent owner, you know what, I, I, that's not my area. Let me just pull out. I don't know how I would even go about trying to bring in that opportunity uh, and maximize 
um, you know, what we can do for that particular community or patient uh, population. But now with our group, um, it seems like the sky's the limit because now we're sharing all that information and it's like, hey, if you want to go into 340B, how do you do that? And now we can channel that, teach you and handhold you through the process. Um, and as well as, you know, whatever other ideas or strategies that you might want to employ um, to bring more dollars into that pharmacy to keep us afloat. Because we all know that, you know, it's getting tough out there and margins are getting thin. Um, but um, if we don't work together, then um, it's not to our advantage because, you know, we obviously have competitors out there that are um, doing everything they can to make sure that they uh, get as much market share as they can. And so as independent pharmacies, we need to band together. I think that's really the ultimate philosophy and thought process behind can Pharmacy Associates. You know, in, in my experience, I, I've spent a fair amount of my time suggesting to people what they might do, uh, sell vitamins, do immunizations, get CLIA waivers. You know, those are, those are lists of things to do but the real trick is how do you do them? And um, I, I'm constantly intrigued when I read some of the blog posts and social media where people talk about, hey, I, I tried, you know, uh, doctor detailing, but nothing ever happened. Well, the question is, you know, what did you do when you went in to detail the doctor? And and I think that that's where you're really helping people is, you know, there's a whole list of things that everybody knows they can do, but I, I gather that you're helping them figure out how to actually do it. Is is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And I, I believe that, you know, none of us, quite honestly, um, you know, uh, went into the, the practice of pharmacy uh, with a, a business degree, in all honesty. So um, those are things that we were not trained to do. I mean, quite honestly, all the pharmacies programs now are trained to uh, create employees that come out and work for some other entity. Uh, for uh, the few select folks like myself out there who have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit, um, you know, th this type of a network and system of working and handholding is very important because it gives us, um, uh, you know, that shared confidence to be able to go out there and understand what needs to be done and how it needs to be done um, to, you know, get our names out there, build our networks and to honestly provide even a greater situation for um, optimizing the level of care we can provide our patients. And um, I think that's really what it comes down to, you know, um, sharing ideas and, and sharing experiences so that we can all uh, do better. Well, and and so there's no question that we're on the cusp of change in the profession in the industry. Um, is there something that you've implemented besides this fellow thing that you're particularly excited about that you think um, other pharmacies should know about or try? You got any uh, pep talk or encouragement for our listeners? Um, you know, I'm. I, I, to be honest, I get a chance, and, and I'm very fortunate to get a chance to work with a lot of um, pharmacists that are graduating uh, from school and with the desire to maybe go into independent practice. And the only pep talk I really do, do tell them is that, you know, I, I'm not here, honestly, and to, to convince you to, to go any particular route in, in the profession. I think there's so many opportunities. Uh, whichever you decide to go, as long as you're passionate about it, you should do it. Um, however, if independent pharmacy is, is what you want to do, and then, and, uh, and, and I just want to let them know that there's hope and there's opportunity. I think, unfortunately, um, there's a lot of people out there that maybe have a little bit more of a negative thought process when it comes to, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially in the pharmacy world. 
Um, and I just tell them that, hey, there's hope. Um, I've been able to make it work. Um, it does come with blood of, you know, quite frankly, blood, sweat, and tears to go out there and work hard and to build something, you know, from scratch. Um, but there's a chance that you will do very well if you um, understand that uh, it's not going to be easy and that you're going to have to give it all you got. And so I think my, my thing is just to give you the good, bad and ugly to, to tell you, um, you know, uh, what are the struggles that you might have to go through? What are some of the, uh, quite honestly, the, the satisfaction that you get to be in a situation where you get to control your own, you know, personal, professional and financial destiny? Um, and to basically set the stage for hopefully not just wealth, you know, in terms of working as a as an independent owner, you know, for, for this generation, maybe even generations to come, you know, if you were, you know, to, to really understand the true essence of what independent uh, ownership's about and then um, networking and building relationships with providers. And I think that's the part that maybe is a take home is just the simple fact that, you know, don't give up. If this is your dream, this is your passion, don't give up. There's a chance and folks like myself out there are more than willing to help you uh, to, to get there because we knew, or at least we know how tough it was to get where we are, where we are today. And um, the, the last thing we want is to not see our profession and independent ownership thrive and continue to grow. Well, and you know, I'll get on my little uh, soapbox here for a minute. You know, there, there's there's a lot of change and change comes with um, hardship and opportunity. The the vision that that I have is that there's never been a better opportunity for a for an entrepreneurially minded pharmacist to get into the business. Um, they just need to recognize that the old formula for success was, you know, find a good location, be nice to people and fill a lot of prescriptions, you know, is no longer the model. Um, you've got to be able to, uh, I, I sometimes envision blowing up a balloon and then holding it in your hands and squeezing it with your, you know, with your fingers, the volume of the balloon stays the same, but the shape changes dramatically. And, you know, 30 years ago, when, when I was in the beginning stages of my career, the idea was to become more and more like a chain. So, you know, all the wholesalers were working to try to figure out how to put you into a box that looked a little bit like a chain. And, and the good news is that model's no longer appropriate. So the, the future of independent pharmacy is uh, any direction you want to go. And uh, I just got through uh, spending some time grading uh, uh, valuations for pharmacists that have been nominated for the Next Generation Pharmacist Award. And I've got 10 different finalists that have 10 different business models that all just blow me away. Uh, so there's opportunity there. And I think the beauty of it is, is for an entrepreneur, the opportunity is there to pursue their passion. Um, you know, what do you care about? I, I, I'm a firm believer that prescription dispensing is an anchor for the profession. You want to hold on to that. You're the medication experts, but then helping people how to maximize the value of that and how to migrate into expanding beyond medications to other healthcare services is is wide opened and 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 a, a growing opportunity. Do you have any rebuttal or confirmation of that? 
No, absolutely. Um, I, I feel that at the end of the day, you know, um, the opportunities are, are even more vast today than they ever were uh, in the past because of the fact that the, the, the marketplace is changing, healthcare system is changing, how people, patients view our health uh, system and how it should be delivered is changing. Look at telehealth, uh, look at digital health growth that we're seeing out there. And um, I just think that that just presents um, opportunities all over the map. And you're always so involved with, you know, uh, looking at uh, what is the next latest and greatest that I think you have a, a true appreciation for, you know, some of these new business ideas and plans out there. Um, and it just goes to show you that we're so resilient, you know, as a profession that we're constantly adapting and changing now, probably faster than we've ever had to. Um, but um, if you don't adapt, I'll be very, also very extremely blunt that you will not survive. <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, you talk, you spoke a little bit about, you know, even our brick and mortar stores nowadays. You know, um, I, I, I always felt that, you know, even if it. Uh, you, even might look like a pharmacy, it, it needs to feel like, you know, a, a, a concierge type of a service where you're working with the patients and, you know, drugs is only, you know, quite frankly, a 10, 10-15% part of it. The rest of it is just, you know, understanding the needs of those patients and how to really work with them um, to take care of them overall, you know, uh, their overall well-being and not just uh, simply putting tablets into a bottle. So um, I totally agree, Bruce, 100%. Well, you said something at the very beginning that I want to come back with and close with. You, you said your business is serving patients, and um, that's what we've just kind of wrapped up with. Uh, so you have to figure out a way to make money doing that, but the business is not filling prescriptions. The business is serving patients, helping them achieve better health care. And whether you do that with uh, nutritional support, lifestyle changes, diabetes classes, um, you know, PGX testing, point of care testing, um, you know, I, all of those things are part of the opportunity. And then networking with physicians and figuring out how to add value to their practice is is uh, something that I think is on the cutting edge. And I was proud to hear you say you're you're involved in that. So Ken, I'm gonna give you the last word. Well, not the last word, but the next to last word. Is there any final thing you would wanna say to encourage your peers to do more and be better? Well, I, I'll be honest. I mean, we're all in this together. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I think we all, you know, sometimes take a step back to maybe celebrate some of our achievements and accomplishments as a profession. Um, but it only happens because we're all part of it. And um, my, you know, kind of one plug is that you guys need to, everyone needs to go out there to make sure that they're involved and then not just uh, clock in and clock out because that's the only way as a whole that we can make things better um, at, uh, for ourselves as pharmacists, as well as for the uh, profession and of course for the patients that we serve. Um, and that is to make sure that we are active because if we don't take full part in um, kind of uh, shaping the future of where we're headed as a profession, um, then others will. And unfortunately, when others dictate how you need to work or, or, or um, the conditions that you need to work under, um, it's usually not necessarily to your advantage. And I think that's something I've learned very early. And um, I feel that it's a, it's a part of my duty um, as a pharmacist, as a professional, to give back in whichever way, whether that's mentoring the up and coming future pharmacists out there or uh, you know, being active in the association, which you, um, I think, uh, had to put in a plug for, which I totally agree, or simply just 
you know, going above and beyond the call of duty, you know, working with patients or a combination of all of them. Uh, we need to do all these things and we can't be complacent anymore. We cannot just be, um, you know, uh, letting others dictate our futures. And that's sort of my, you know, sort of philosophy in life and, and as a professional and just want to make sure that I leave it a better place than I, I entered it. And I, I certainly think that, that that's the case uh, for a lot of my, for myself and definitely a lot of my colleagues, including yourself, in terms of disseminating and sharing information to make sure that we all continue to, you know, have hope that things are going to be better and that we can be a part of that process of making things better. Well, Ken Tai, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with us today. Um, my name is Bruce Neeland, and uh, this is Pharmacy Crossroads. Uh, we're hoping that each and every one of you listening today will take some word of encouragement here and go out and do more and be better. Thank you, Bruce. Our thanks goes out to the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance Cooperative, or CPA, for sponsoring this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. Their goal in doing so is to provide pharmacy owners, CPA members or not, with information they can use to be more successful. You can learn more about CPA by visiting their website at www.compliantrx.com. Once again, that is www.compliantrx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.